This is the Calvary Bible Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. We're praying this message encourages you. Learn more about Calvary and join us online each Sunday for services at calvarybible.com. Happy Easter to each of you. If it's your first time joining us, welcome to Calvary Online. I'm John. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary. I'm looking forward to opening the Bible with you today as we celebrate the most important event in the history of the world, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you have yours with you, open your Bible with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Everything changed after Jesus came back from the dead. What had been a relatively small number of devoted Jesus followers grew to become the largest movement in the history of the world. And it's all because Jesus is alive. 1 Corinthians 15 summarizes for us the facts about the first Easter. The good news about an event that happened 2,000 years ago, which changed the world forever. Verse 1 says, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters... Of the gospel I preach to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you were being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, And then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Here in these verses, the Apostle Paul gives us one of the clearest explanations we have of what happened the weekend Jesus died. Four facts for us from the first Easter. The first is that Jesus was crucified for our sins. And then that Jesus was buried in a tomb. And third, Jesus was raised from the dead. And finally, Jesus was recognized by hundreds of people. Crucified, buried, raised, and recognized. These are the facts of the first Easter. And these facts have been shared by followers of Jesus over 2,000 years as the good news or the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the first fact, which is found in verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Christ died for our sins. Jesus was crucified because of our sins. This was the crushing experience of what we now call Good Friday, when his followers felt like it was all over, like hope had been lost. It seemed like all of the miracles they had seen and all the messages they had heard were for nothing. How? How in the world could Jesus die? Paul reminds us that Jesus died in accordance with the scriptures. The death of Jesus was the plan of God from the beginning, not an accident, not unanticipated, but purposed and promised by God. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. All people have gone astray. We all, each and every one of us, are sinners 
We've turned to our own way instead of following God's way. Because of who God is, holy, perfect, sinless, in order for us to be in his presence, in order for us to be reconciled to him, our sin must be dealt with. It must be paid for. And so the Lord laid on him, on the only Son of God, Jesus, the iniquity, which is another word for sin, the iniquity of all of us. Christ was crucified for our sins. It was the only way for sin to be taken care of. <laughs> this, this is very, very good news. That God has made a way for us to be in relationship with him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus was crucified for your sins and for my sins. That's the first fact from Easter, that Jesus was crucified for our sins. The second is that Jesus was buried in a tomb. That's what the first part of verse 4 says, that he was buried. Jesus was really, really dead, buried in a tomb. And Jesus wasn't resuscitated. He wasn't reincarnated. Jesus was resurrected from a complete and total death. Every one of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each document the burial of Jesus. So there's no question that Jesus really died. That's one of the facts from the first Easter. Mark, who was an eyewitness of these events when they happened, described it in this way, beginning in verse 43 of Mark chapter 15. Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. Jesus died a real death. The corpse. The corpse of Jesus was buried in a tomb on Friday evening. And then that tomb was sealed shut. And the physical body of Jesus stayed in that tomb all night Friday, all through the day on Saturday, all through the night on Saturday, and until Sunday morning. Jesus was buried in a tomb. We can only imagine how discouraging and disorienting this was for his followers. It, his whole ministry had come to a sudden and very tragic conclusion. In those moments when Jesus was buried, it might have seemed to them like it all was a failure. And failures usually cause, cause followers to flee. Think about our day where people gain huge followings on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. Millions of people might follow them. They've gone viral. And then suddenly they fail. They say the wrong thing. They do the wrong thing. And then as quickly as they gained followers, people unfollow them even quicker. Perhaps they even get canceled. If we have learned anything about followers in the age of social media, it is that they are flaky. One moment they're your raving fans and the next they flee as fast as they had come. That's what makes Easter so extraordinary. There's no reason to continue to follow Jesus if he's still dead. 
And that's where the good news gets really, really good. Jesus was raised from the dead. Paul continues in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 15. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, it says. Jesus didn't stay dead. He didn't fail. It wasn't all for nothing. It was the plan of God to raise his son from the dead, to show that his sacrifice, his crucifixion, his death was acceptable to God. It vindicates him. It proves that he is who he says he is, that he has authority to forgive sins, that he is the only, the one and only son of God, that he is God's promised Messiah, the savior of the world, the Lord of all creation, the King of Kings, and he is alive today and forever. Jesus was raised from the dead. That's a fact from the first Easter. Matthew explains what happened in his gospel. Chapter 28 and verse 1 of Matthew says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And this, too, was in accordance with the scripture. It was promised and planned by God. When we read the Old Testament, the scriptures that Paul refers to here, in light of the resurrected Jesus, we see how everything pointed to this moment. And this is one of the reasons why we open our Bibles every time we are together, because the scriptures point us to the resurrected Jesus. They're all about him. And we turn to them so that we can cling to the hope that is found in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Tim Keller says in his book, Jesus the King, the happy ending of the resurrection is so enormous that it swallows up even the sorrow of the cross. After he rose from the dead, Jesus was recognized by hundreds of people. Verse 5 of our text says that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, although some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Jesus was seen. He was witnessed after he was raised from the dead, seen by Cephas, which is another name for the apostle Peter, the follower of Jesus who had famously fled once Jesus was arrested, who had denied that he even knew who Jesus was. Jesus appeared to him and Peter recognized him, the risen Lord Jesus. He talks about it in one of the New Testament letters that he wrote when he says in verse 3 of 1 Peter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us 
to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The resurrected Jesus was recognized by Peter. And then it says, by the twelve. That's the rest of the group of disciples, his closest followers. This is a common way to refer to them. It probably doesn't include Judas, who died before Jesus was raised. But there are these amazing accounts in the Bible where the the group is gathered, all of these disciples, and Jesus appears to them. And he even shows them his hands, which still have the nails holes in them from hanging on the cross. And he eats with them. He was really raised in his body from the dead. And they knew who he was. They recognized him. He was also recognized by more than 500 brothers and sisters. Perhaps there was a large gathering where he showed himself alive to them. Paul even says at this point when he's writing, many of these people are still alive. Go check out this fact with them. Ask them about it. They'll tell you what it was like to see Jesus and to recognize him for who he was. He probably wrote 1 Corinthians about 20 years after the resurrection. So many of those firsthand witnesses were still alive. You could verify the claim with them. And then he mentions one Jesus follower in particular by name, James, the brother of Jesus. We've been studying his letter together for a couple months. What an incredible verification of the resurrection that James became one of Jesus's followers. What would it take for you to believe that your brother was God's son? James, of all people, knew that Jesus was human. He'd watched him grow up. Do you know what it took for James to believe in Jesus? It took nothing less than proof of the resurrection. We know from Mark's gospel that James didn't believe in Jesus during his earthly ministry. There's no evidence that he was one of his followers until after this encounter with the risen Christ, which must have been an extraordinary one. To recognize your brother after you knew that he had died, and here he is right in front of you, and you know it's him. We, we don't know what happened in the encounter that James had with the risen Lord, but there must have been in that moment a deeper recognition for James. Not just that this was his brother, but that this risen Jesus was his Lord and Savior. He opens his letter that we've been studying together with these words in the first verse of James 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. James recognized Jesus as Lord. As the ultimate authority in his life, James had been around Jesus a lot throughout his lifetime. And before the resurrection, hadn't yet recognized him for who he actually was. How many of us are like that? James knew all sorts of facts about Jesus. He certainly knew that Jesus had been crucified, buried, and then in this moment where his brother is alive again, he is confronted with the reality that Jesus was raised from the dead. And then James truly recognized Jesus for who he was the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not enough for us to simply know facts about Jesus. We must have faith in Jesus. We must believe that these four facts from the first Easter are the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What did Paul say in the first part of our verses that we read together? 
Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. That Jesus was crucified for our sins. That Jesus was buried in a tomb. That Jesus was raised from the dead. And that Jesus was recognized by hundreds of people. Have you received that good news? Have you become one of his followers forever? If you haven't yet, would you ask him right now, in this moment, we've seen these four facts from the first Easter. Now would you place your faith in Jesus? I'll lead us in prayer. And if you've never before believed that Jesus was crucified, buried, raised, and recognized, We'll ask God to give you faith to receive this good news. Let's pray. Father, we do ask for your help. For any friend today who's watching or listening and has not yet believed in your son, Jesus, would you give them faith to believe? Right now, God, we ask that you would grant them the gift of faith I'll leave a moment here for you to speak to God directly and ask him whether any of this is true, and if so, to save you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you went to the cross for us. And we affirm together that God Almighty raised you from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit and that you are alive today, reigning and ruling in heaven as we're here on the earth. We thank you that because of that, we can hope in our future bodily resurrection too, if we've believed in you. May our hearts be filled with joy and gratitude because of who you are and what you've done for us. In your powerful name we pray together. Amen.